That's a brochure for the uh, first Vineyard National Youth Conference in 1992. I was part of the team putting this uh, little thing together. We had never done a national youth conference before. We'd done conferences, but not a youth conference. And so it was crazy. It was a tremendous amount of work logistically. I was a little bit overwhelmed. Uh, we were we were anticipating a thousand kids coming. Uh, you, you know, th- just just ponder that for a moment, okay? Thousand teenagers, all right. I'm just saying. Um, so we had a regular conference schedule. We had morning sessions, afternoon breakouts, evening sessions, but then we did other stuff. We had late night concerts. So we had different venues around the building, the facility. So like when the main main session at night would end, there'd be a band playing in another room. We had a skate ramp outside. That probably wasn't a great idea. It seemed good at the time, but we did. Uh, we, we had a lot of stuff happening. Logistically, it was just a lot of work, so I was kind of stressed out. I just want you to, to get that. And then about three weeks before the conference, I get a phone call from a, a guy who's actually become kind of a friend, but a guy named Len. He is a youth pastor in Canada. And this story has, is no reflection on Canadians in general. Um, I, I love Canadians. But Len calls me and he goes, hey, Glenn, he goes, I, you know, I got this group here. We want to come down for the conference. Uh, you know, we just want to serve. We're really coming to serve. You know, and I go, hey, Len, that's great. That's awesome. And he goes, so, uh, you, you know, but here's the thing. We're on a little bit of a budget. And so we're wondering if you could, if, if you could provide housing for us. And so we already have a logistical nightmare going. But we would, had not provided housing. We, we blocked out hotel rooms in the area, you know. And I go, gosh, Len, I don't know. Let me see what I can do. So I talk to some people. I call him back. I go, hey, look, here's the deal. Here's what I can do. We have a room in the building, actually, down the end of the hallway. If you guys want to bring air matches and sleep on the floor, there are showers and a bathroom down here. We can do that. If you, oh, that'd be great. Thank you. We're just coming to serve, man. We really appreciate that. We want to serve. Then he calls me back like a week before. He goes, hey, Glenn. He goes, listen, we're, we're, we're coming in. We got our flights all booked and everything. I was just wondering if it would be possible if you, could, if you could pick us up at the airport and, and bring us to the conference. He goes, we just want to serve. We're just coming to serve. And I'm like, okay. He goes, yeah, we're flying into LAX. So if you've ever driven from Orange County to LAX, I'm like, okay, so now I've got a 1,000 kids showing up the day of. I've got to send a van to L.A. It's going to be a half-day trip to bring these guys back. Okay, we do it. We pick him up at the airport. They, they show up. He's all, hey, we're so happy to be here, man. We're just here to serve. We are here to serve. He goes, by the way, he goes, the day after the conference ends, he goes, we really want to go to Disneyland. We're wondering if we could borrow that van you picked us up in to go to Disneyland. And I'm thinking, if this guy says we're here to serve and then ask me to do one more thing for him, I'm going to poke his eyes out. I, I just... It was overwhelming. I'm like, dude, what? He understood as Christians, as followers of Jesus, that we serve. That's what we do, right? But somehow there was a disconnect. I don't think he figured out what that meant exactly. Um, but here's the point of that story. Uh, it's funny. Uh, but, but the point of the story is this. We're going to continue our series, Gifted, today. And this morning, I do want to talk about the gift of service. Uh, celebrating the unsung heroes of the kingdom. And sometimes, uh, people that serve do so kind of behind the scenes. They're not seen a lot. We, we don't really 
uh, we aren't always aware of what they're doing. Sometimes things happen. Does this, I'm like this. I don't know if you're like this. Stuff happens and you go, how did that happen? Because stuff just gets done. It's just done. And where did it go? Who did that? I don't know. So I want to review uh, Romans 12, our kind of uh, launching point for this series real quick, and then we'll pray and we'll get into it. But remember back in Romans 12, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. If it is serving, then serve. Lord, we just, uh, we lift you up this morning and we say, Lord, would you just touch our hearts with your word today? And remind us of uh, what it means to be a follower of Jesus and to serve in your name. Amen. If it is, to, if it is serving, to serve. The uh, Greek word there is diakonia. And literally what it means is somebody that uh, waits at a table. That's literally what it means. So when we go to a restaurant, you got to eat, right? You call the person that takes your order and brings your food the server. They're the server. And, and that's what this word means. Uh, going back to Acts chapter 6, you might remember there was a, a problem because the disciples were getting overworked because they were distributing food to different people. And so they, they recruited some other people to help take care of the table so that they could do prayer, and some other things that they were called to do, and that word is used there. They're, they were the waiters, and that's really what they do. And, and in a broader sense, what <coughs> diakonia means is just an act of service for another person. You're doing something to, to take care of someone in a, in a special way. It's just, it's a, it's a sort of a, just a little, a little thing that you might do, <coughs> possibly unnoticed, to take care of somebody. It's interesting because as I said earlier, a lot of times those that serve do so kind of behind the scenes, and they're, they're not always um, noticed. Now, there are certain ministries in the church that we, we notice, right? We see those. There's any number of prophetic voices today across the country, the gift of prophecy, I'm just, you know, and we know who those people are, right? You've got, you know their names, you follow their lists, you read their updates, uh, and we could name any number of prophetic people. Worship leaders, we know worship leaders at different churches around the country, right? We know who they are. We know what songs they wrote. Uh, we, you know, we, we're aware of them. Same thing with pastors, teachers, authors. We know those people. We know their names. We identify them. Does anybody know who the third grade Sunday school teacher is at Bethel? I didn't think so. Anybody know? Did you, do you? You do. I thought you might. I actually thought Zoe might know. Um, but generally speaking, we would not know that person. Does anybody know who the janitor is at Jesus Church or at Rolling Hills? No. Anybody know who sets the chairs up at any church anywhere? Except here. We know who. But we don't know the person that sets chairs up anywhere else. And my point in that is simply this that while those acts of service 
are, are kind of behind the scenes, they're unknown, they're maybe unnoticed, we can't be who we are and do what we're called to do without them. I, uh, there is a, a, a pastor and an author that I, I don't know him, I know of him. I, I read a lot of his books and have uh, listened to some of his podcasts, and I heard him tell a story recently. Pretty interesting. This guy is a pastor of a large church. I don't know how big his church is. I'm going to say it's at least a thousand, <coughs> maybe more. But he told a story of a family that came to their church, and this family had two children, and they had an elementary school age son, and uh, their son has ADHD. And so they came to church one morning, and they went to take him to his class, and their class was closed. They were not able to get him into the class that day. So they talked about it between themselves, and they realized there's no point in going to, into service with him because we won't be able to, to really enter into worship and or pay attention because we'll have to be taking care of him. So they just left. They went home. And they never came back. And I don't know how he knew they never came back, but he knew that. And so the, the, the point here is simply that we can't be all we can be if the people that are called to serve and gifted to serve aren't doing what they're called and gifted to do. I, we, we've, we've alluded to 1 Corinthians a number of times during the series, but I want to I review it this morning and take a look at it. Uh, the, the passage in Corinthians that talks about the body. It says, <clears throat> Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. So your body is is connected, it's united, it's one, but there's a lot of different parts and functions, and Paul is saying that the body of Christ is like that. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free. We were all given one spirit to drink, even so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So we're all different, we come from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different social economic places in life. It's all diverse, but we come together, and the Spirit of God unites us and makes us one. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. <coughs> that is a... Um, a fairly straightforward biblical directive. Paul not only explains how the body works, 
when he tells us how we are to treat the various parts of the body within ourselves. My question, I guess, to us today is, do we follow that directive? Do we do that? <coughs> do we here, as a local expression of the body of Christ, do we, Portland Vineyard, follow that directive? And I think this is a two-sided coin, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. On one side of the coin is the question, as a body, do we really give honor to greater, greater honor to the lesser parts? Do we do that? Uh, do, do we acknowledge uh, and, and really honor those that do the unnoticed things? Do we, do we acknowledge and honor the toes and the elbows as much as we do the eyes and the ears? And I'm, just, I'm not saying we do or don't, I'm just asking the question. The flip side of that coin is this. Are those that are gifted to serve and those that are called to maybe be the lesser parts, are they actually functioning and serving and doing the things that they're gifted and called to do? Because I believe that in the body of Christ and in this body here, uh, we can't be all we can be unless both are happening. Unless those that are gifted and called to serve and to do what they're called and gifted to do are doing it, and the rest of us acknowledge and honor that and give special honor and treatment to one another in that way. In the same way that we need teachers, we need prophetic voices, we need intercessors, we need worship leaders, I think we also need uh, those that have the gift of hospitality to host, those that have the gift of encouragement to encourage, those that have the gift of giving to be generous, and those that have the gift of service to serve. And only when that's happening can we really be who God's called us to be. I'm going to, I, I want to just reiterate something I, I have said before, and I've said it many times before, but I think it, it bears repeating this morning, and that is this, that the body is a body. The body is a body, and it's incomplete if it's missing parts. Do you know what happens when some of the parts of the body are missing? This. You end up looking like Picasso or a Picasso painting. Uh, somebody said that's great art. I don't know who. <laughs> but as a representation of a body, it's a little jacked up. There's parts missing, and there's parts out of place, and some aren't where they're supposed to be, and it's not really, I, I don't think, a good representation of a body. If, if somebody is called to be a pinky toe or a kneecap or a nostril... And they, and they aren't being that, we, we end up, as a church, looking a little bit like the painting. We're sort of out of order. We, you can kind of tell what we are. It's a body, right? You can tell that. But it's not, doesn't really look like what it's supposed to look like. And I guess what I want to say as much as anything is we, we cannot function fully without you. We, we can't be who we're called to be without you. When, when one part doesn't do its job, one of two things happen, I'll tell you. Sometimes that job just doesn't get done. Or, more often, it does get done, but an elbow's job gets done by a nose, and the elbow's already doing the elbow's job, and they don't really understand the nose's job as well as the elbow's job, so it gets done like an elbow and not a nose, and it gets done, but it's not the same. Here, 
I, I, I understand that this is a metaphor, right? The comparison of the human body to the body of Christ, it's a metaphor. But I, and, and, I wanna, and I also will acknowledge I'm, I'm having a little fun with it today. I'm tr- it's funny. Picture Picasso's painting is funny to me. Uh, but here's the deal. It's also quite literal. We really are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus to the world around us. We really are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus to the world around us. We are the church, the body of Christ is, as it were, a second incarnation. We talk about incarnational ministry. Jesus was God incarnate. He came as a person. Incarnational ministry is us as people, being Jesus, being God, representing who he is to people around us, serving and loving and caring the way that he does for other people. That's what we're called to do. It's literal that we really are the body of Christ. We represent, we're the hands and feet of Jesus in the world around us. And very often, that world needs to know who Jesus really is. And I'll tell you why. There's a couple of reasons. One, one reason is obviously because um, it, it, it's a, the world's a rough place. And, and so they need to know Jesus just on that level. But on another level altogether, here's the thing. I, I think there's a lot of misrepresentation and confusion over who Jesus really is. And people need to see who Jesus really is. And, and, and they need the body of Christ to be those hands and feet and to be loving and caring in a way that Jesus is so that they can see that that... That's who Jesus really is. <coughs> I'll tell you, we, we talk about being Christ-like. That's our goal, right? You want to grow up, we want to be more like Jesus. And when we are serving is the time when we are really being the most like Jesus, when we're being most Christ-like. Jesus, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus was not like my friend Len. He didn't say, we just want to serve and then ask to be served. He came to serve. And we see that throughout his life, probably never more uh, really or or compassionately then it, you know, at the Last Supper when he washes the disciples' feet. He, he takes what is literally the role of the servant uh, among those that are his followers, and as their leader, he serves them. Um, would you guys come back up now? How about that? Look at, see, you don't trust me, I tell you. Um, I, I just, I want to close with this, and then what we're going to do today is uh, we're going to go back into worship for a few minutes, and then maybe just take a minute, and I, w- I would like to pray for uh, those that serve in our church. And I don't know quite how to facilitate that yet, but we'll figure it out here. But, but I want to just honor those that serve. I want to give special honor to those that serve. And I also want to pray for those that maybe feel called or led to serve and haven't figured out where or how yet, that you can do that. But... Um, so, so I, I want to close with this. In the same way that a body with no nose is like a Picasso painting, a nose with no body is a nose, right? It's, it doesn't, it, if a nose is disconnected, 
it doesn't have a lot of value. Now, connected to the body, it has a tremendous amount of value. It's a very important thing. But if it's disconnected from the body, it doesn't really do much. Right? Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, we've got to be connected. And, and, and here, I, I just, I want to appeal to us today, to this church, this family, this body of Christ. My, this whole series, I, I was thinking about it before we started, and I wanted to bring encouragement to people whose gifts might be unnoticed. I wanted to talk about the value of hospitality. I wanted to talk about the value of encouragement and generosity. I wanted to talk about the value of service and say, those things are so important in the life of the church. And, and I wanted to encourage those that have those gifts to be able to take steps of faith in those gifts, to be able to move out and, and say, this is who I am and this is what I'm called to be. And it's an important thing. Just because I can't sing like these girls or, or whatever doesn't mean that I'm not valuable or I'm not important. No, that's their gift. You have your gift and your gift is just as important and we need it. I, I, want, to, I want us to be all we can be as a body. I, I want to know that when someone comes here, that they'll be welcomed and loved the way that Jesus would welcome and love them. I want to know that they'll have a place to take their kids, that they'll know where the bathroom is, that, that, they'll, that they'll feel valued for who they are this day. I, I want us to be all that we can be in terms of the body of Christ and being Jesus to the community around us. So why don't you guys stand, and we're going to worship for a minute, and then I'm going to invite our ministry team to come up and some people to, to pray for.